Welcome to Love, Money, and the Law, where you'll find conversations about everything relationships, marriage, and divorce. I'm your host, Cindy Hyde, and my goal is to bring you new insights and points of view through legal, psychological, financial, and spiritual perspectives. Be sure to check out lovemoneylaw.com for live seminars, free videos, and products related to many of the topics we'll discuss. I'm glad you're here. Let's take a look at some of the reasons, risk, and rewards of cohabitation versus marriage. I also want to emphasize that nothing here is legal advice. The purpose of this information is to bring awareness to issues that are a part of these contracts. If you decide this is something you want to do because you are committed to each other for the long term, then you and your partner will each need to contact a family law attorney in your state to see how the issues apply to your personal circumstances. First and foremost is to dispel a potential common law marriage claim in a state that recognizes common law marriage, such as Texas. Define health insurance policyholders, responsibilities, and health care duties. Sometimes you can include a domestic partner or a spousal equivalent as part of a company benefit. Stipulate your business transactions and ownership to protect both the owner of the assets and the partner from becoming obligated or exposed to debts and litigation. Basically, you can potentially protect your partner from pending or future litigation from your acts or omissions. To protect a partner's assets in the event of bankruptcy or an IRS claim. A cohabitating partner's assets cannot be reached to satisfy the other partner's debts. This is one reason why it's important to stipulate who owns what and specifically set out the assets and debts of each partner. You may want to intentionally keep pension benefits separate. Pension benefits have become almost obsolete and they should be treated like gold. You may want to provide life insurance for your cohabitating partner. Note, however, that the insurance industry requires an insurable interest before a policy can be issued. Check to see if a spousal equivalent is within their guidelines in your state. You can address death or disability of a partner scenarios also, such as advanced health care directives, like a living will, a health care power of attorney in case of incapacity, or a durable power of attorney to allow a partner to make decisions in case of an emergency, such as withdrawing money from bank accounts or paying bills. Know that a hospital cannot disclose medical records to someone who is not a spouse. A durable health care power of attorney needs to include language authorizing the release of medical information to a designated non-spouse. This is a HIPAA requirement. And one very big issue for many no in-law issues. Now let's take a look at some of the disadvantages of cohabitation without an agreement. Obviously, all of the things I'm mentioning are sides of the same coin. It will depend on your personal interests with respect to how you feel about the outcomes. The goal of Love, Money, and the Law is to simply raise your awareness about the issues so that in the event something I point out is relevant to you, your friends, or family members, you'll know enough to contact a family law attorney in your state to discuss your personal circumstances. 
The following is a list of issues that you may not have fully considered if you decide to cohabitate instead of get married. There's no legal duty to support a spousal equivalent who becomes ill. If nursing home care is needed, the costs are borne solely by a spousal equivalent. You have no right to sue for wrongful death benefits or workman's compensation benefits if something were to happen to your partner. Inheritance laws do not apply to a spousal equivalent. Spousal equivalents are not eligible to participate in pension benefits. Each partner is responsible for his or her own tax return. Tax deductions on property apply only to the owner, not to spousal equivalents. No marital deductions are available. Spousal equivalents are not entitled to Social Security benefits as would be a husband or wife. Spouses who survive are eligible for Social Security benefits, but this is not true of surviving partner relationships. Veteran benefits are also limited, as are military benefits. Workers' compensation may not be available. The objective of workers' compensation programs is to provide financial assistance to dependents of injured workers. Courts traditionally hold workers' comp claims to exclude unmarried couples. Award or denial is based strictly on the statutory construction of the laws of each state. Medicare benefits will not attach to a spousal equivalent. Federal housing benefits are not applicable for a spousal equivalent. Tax-free gifts to each other are not available, as in marriage. Family leave is not applicable. Tuition assistance employment programs are not applicable. Relocation and travel expenses are not applicable. And immigration advantages do not attach. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Love, Money, and the Law. Be sure to subscribe to receive a note about the next topic. When you subscribe, it helps support this effort to bring you independent insights into topics that matter in your family and beyond.